On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books where we believe in... Never losing the childlike wonder, love. Never losing the childlike <laughs> joy of reading. Joy. <laughs> Only said it 14 times right into your ears. Anyways, my name is Sam. And can we please, for the love of Merlin, please get better representation of Hufflepuffs because I am so over Ernie McMillan and Zachariah Smith. <laughs> the best we've got is Justin Finch Fletchley. I'm over it, Sarah. So sorry. Gryffindors. Gryffindors mm. are just better. Yeah. In Everybody's general. just better. Every, well, well except Slytherins. Slytherins at least interesting. You'd rather be a murderer and interesting than a, a Hufflepuff? Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just annoying. But Slytherins. Like, I'm Ernie McMillan. I'm just here to make Harry feel true. mad about everything. But you could be... Draco Malfoy, who's like, I'm going to try and wait. Wrong Where are you book. going with that? I was going to a different one. I'm ahead <laughs> of the game. So <laughs> <laughs> Slytherin suck. Gryffindors rule. <laughs> well, how do you feel about Ravenclaw's this book since we've got a whole lot of Cho Chang here? Um, well, I could live without Cho Chang. Um, meh. But, you know, Ravenclaw's. Girl Luna. Luna yeah. Lovegood. Luna. She's a good one. But oh, Ravenclaw's, they're just like, you know. They're there. They're there. Rachel, who we had on mm -hmm. last episode, was talking about how she thinks Ravenclaw is the worst house. She's like, for as smart Whoa, as they are, take. they still <laughs> finish last in the house cup every year. They do. Well, then I'm wondering, are they, mis are they mischievous? Maybe they don't use their wisdom. Maybe yeah. too much wit. Mm. Not enough wisdom. Maybe they're all Enneagram fives and they never come out of their common room or the library. So they never get any points for anything. Right. And they're terrible at Quidditch. That's possible. Hmm. Interesting. Something to think about. I don't really think about Ravenclaws that much. I don't either. Ravenclaws I, out there. Be sure to chime in. I ask, think about, ask Nat. He's a Ravenclaw, right? I don't know. I think he said that. I'll ask him. He's Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. He He's probably not. is. Wit and wisdom, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, Sarah, how are you doing? You have a kindergartner now. I have a kindergartner. <sighs> it's big diamond, big diamond. How We're, was dropping Harper off at school for the first time? Well, you know. It was great. Harper has a great confidence. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know where she gets that from. <laughs> but the night before, um, she said to me, Mom, I don't think I need you to walk me to my class tomorrow. And I was like, excuse me. I think you do. And she was like, no, I should be okay. I'm like, mm, so sorry. I'll be walking you. And then she was like, well, not the second day. And I was like, actually... I will. So thank you. Um, so she just loves it. We're mm -hmm. um, dragging through the sta the staggered days. Okay. Um, because she only has gone one half day. Oh. It's horrible. But yeah. Monday and Big we're time. ready. How's Davis doing with oh my gosh. this new world? Well, Fridays now he just spins with me. And let's just say that kid doesn't miss his sister at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> How so? What's <laughs> He just is happy to have all the attention. And I mean, he misses her as in, I won't like play imaginative games, but yeah. he gets to watch the shows and eat all the snacks without mm. her bossing him around. So, oh, okay. That makes good a second child life. Speaking of bossing around. I don't know where you're going with this. I, I don't either. Um, you know what bosses do at the workplace? What? They provide order. <gasps> Speaking of order, <laughs> we are <re> <laughs> order of the Phoenix. Best and worst segue by, of all time. Joanne Kathleen Rowling. <laughs> hey, Joanne, if you ever want to come on our podcast. Every week. You're welcome. Just, hello to Joe. Hello. Uh, we read Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, published in 2003. Fans had Good to wait year. three years between Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix. Do you remember? I do. Okay, talk me through the... Uh, Honestly, I kind of forgot that it was that long, but I remember when you said three years, I was like, oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. I, those were long years. Yeah. I just can remember... Well, and at that point, Google wasn't quite what it is now. Yeah. And so you couldn't just quick say, the release date. When's the release date? Mm -hmm. It was just waiting and waiting. Avery was apparently really Avery was mad. Too. She wasn't alive, but she just feels the anger I felt as Angst, a 12-year-old. Yeah. Were you as angry waiting for information, not knowing anything, as Harry was in the first, like, 500 pages of this book. I don't know if anybody could be as angry as Harry. <laughs> Every page. I was like, he was dude. <laughs> just a 15-year-old if I've... I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a 15-year-old boy, but he was angry. I'm trying to think back to 15. Like, were you that angry? Um, In my mind, 15-year-olds are just oblivious. Yeah, I think that's probably more oblivious. 15, that would have been 2006. Yeah. I'd say more just confused, <laughs> you know, because who am I? Yeah. Where do I belong? Yeah. And should I be dating that person? The answer is no, always. Yeah. But I don't remember being angry. At well, every, but Harry's also in very extreme circumstances. He here. is. His life is much different. And at this yeah. point in time, he had just um, witnessed a murder, which. Yeah, that's true. Not many. Well, not just witnessed a murder, but then also saw his parents yeah. come out of a wand mm -hmm. and interact with him. After being convinced he was going to die. After being convinced he was going to die. Then he survives, and then he just gets sent back to the non-wizarding world. Right. I think I might be angry, too. Yeah. He's just so mean. Anyways. I'm uh, kind of mean, so I get it. <laughs> Well, my feelings are hurt just hearing that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I actually found this interesting tweet that uh, J.K. Rowling tweeted in 2020. Wow. She said, uh, this is a long one, prepare yourself. Okay. It's a thread. After, different oh, tweets. three different tweets. Mm -hmm. Okay. She was using all 280 characters. <laughs> now seeing a lot of love for Order of the Phoenix from other readers, which means a huge amount to me. I'm fond of many bits, Luna, DA, and Umbridge. She's fond of Umbridge. Maybe just the whole drama there. But it was a hard book to write for a number of reasons that haven't ever made it into the public domain and aren't about to. Whoa. Whoa. Mm. It's hard to communicate the relationship 
you have with your books post-publication once they become everybody's. They are invisible stories interwoven with the printed ones that nobody else can see. It took me years to realize what a certain idea Potter had come from because it had taken such a cir- circuitous, circuitous, wow, mm. so British people using real words. Big word for Twitter. Circuitous, personal journey up from my subconscious. This is a strange underbelly of published work, which only the writer knows. Phoenix is very much that kind of book. So there's something reassuring about it being loved nonetheless. Hmm. It was really interesting. Just That's like interesting. And she wrote this 17 years after it came out. Yeah. So, because there are a lot of people who say this is the worst one. Really? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it, it's so long. I mean, I it's 850 f- I pages. I flew through this, which isn't a surprise knowing me. Um, that's just a minor flex. For those following at home, here we go. A <laughs> weekly conversation but, about how long did it take you to read it? Hate on me, hate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think before we did this podcast, I realized how much you sing little I things. I sing all the time. During I Christmas can't. with the fa la 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 and then before the show, what were you singing the song? When we were- uh, hello, is it me you're looking oh, for? Lionel Richie, okay. Um, but I was actually singing the Trolls version, so oh, okay. it's fine. Um, but anyway, I finished the fourth one. Immediately, I think almost like maybe 30 minutes later, mm-hmm. started the fifth one. Yeah. I mean, I think it took me a couple days. You know, I didn't just read it in a few hours, but flew through it. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. I don't know why people don't like it. Yeah, I don't either, actually. Especially after one... reading six and seven, I'm like, yeah, five is... Way up. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, this one we do have the very clear, probably my most hated character in the entire yes. series in Dolores Umbridge. Yes. The him him makes me want to jump through a wall. And I can, As I it can should. Hear it, like, him him. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Isn't that so an effective character and effective writing? Because everybody knows somebody mm-hmm. like that. I hate that there are Dolores Umbridges out in the world. Well, and this one, A, I just think that... Well, I think this is my favorite one, but I know hot take bonus content coming for you where Sam and I are going to rank all of the Harry Potters at the end of this. But anyway, I am thinking about Dolores and I'm also thinking about when Harry goes before the, how do you say it? Wisdom got? Wisdom gamut. Wisdom gamut, whatever that is, whatever it's called. When Harry goes before that. And it's so infuriating because. Yeah. He's a 15-year-old in front of a whole... It's like the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. He's in front of the Supreme Court. Dumbledore doesn't even look at him. You're feeling that frustration. Mm-hmm. And then there's these adults who are out to get a 15-year-old, and it's infuriating, and it's maddening, and yeah. there's no control. Harry has no control. You as the reader clearly have no control, but I thought it was excellent. Like, mm. the fact that you... Because, yes, Harry is angry. But in that moment, I was angry, too. I was mm. like, "Okay, draw me in. Let me feel that feeling. Right. And they, and she did. So is that why this is your favorite? The um, No. This one just, why is it my favorite? Yeah. Good question, Sam. Um, well, thank you. I think I, from top to bottom, enjoy it all, mm. even with Harry being so angry. But I think the moment... I don't know. There's just action from the beginning because of the Dementors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just start off with action. 
Um, yes, Harry's angry, but I'm angry too. So that's fine. And you see Harry's like, not collection of friends, but that his circle grows a mm -hmm. bit more. Um, you see Neville and Luna kind of come into themselves. Yeah. Like, and well, especially Neville, we've had bits and pieces of him, but mm -hmm. just his loyalty and his bravery. Yeah. Yeah. It is the best one. Hate on me, haters. I'm going to keep pulling on that. Don't though. at me. Like what, what about these elements elevates mm. it for you? And what about this resonates with you so much? Because when I read three, I was like, oh, maybe this is my new favorite. Because it's always, I always thought it was four. Then I moved to three. And then five, I think it also might be the most human hmm. part of Harry. Not that he's not human, but... His anger, I can relate to just anger. Um, not that I'm like a rageaholic, but um, just You're in general. An eight on the Enneagram, like I'm an eight on the Enneagram. Gut anger is That's like right. y'all's thing, right? We live angry. Um, I can understand his anger. Just righteous anger against the injustice well, of the institution? Is it that? It might be, because eights, we love to defend the... Yeah defenseless that's where i was going yes with that. I was curious. and that might be because harry is taking a stand for something that he well and the whole da the yeah. da too that i love that because i'm a teacher by nature i am mm -hmm. um i want to teach you how to fish rather than give you a fish mm -hmm. and so i love the da that's something and just building community within the school yeah. but also Yes, let's rise up against um, mm. Umbridge because she's clearly a psychopath. Okay. I'm totally for that. The thing about Harry writing on his hand yeah. makes me want to throw her out a window. Literally. Yeah. And she just... Like, hmm. I'm so mad I'm not even leaning in my microphone right. <laughs> she's like, Sorry about hmm. that. <laughs> you haven't gotten the point yet. And it's like, <sighs> she's the worst. You're a crazy... She's crazy cat lover. I don't want to say the no word offense. I want to say, but... <laughs> This is for children. <laughs> yeah. Well, children need to know that about her. Too. That's right. She is that's that right. Word. For me, I think the thing I enjoyed most about this was I didn't relate to Harry as much in his anger. Mm -hmm. I did relate to him so much on just being completely oblivious to girls. Oh, yes. The, <laughs> the Harry, I cannot tell you how triggering, and I mean triggering, Harry's relationship with Cho Chang was. Because I was like, all these experiences and emotions... Dude, I understand. <laughs> I don't think I had dates as bad as his with Cho Chang did. Yeah. But just this sense of what just happened? <laughs> I think one of my all-time favorite Hermione, Ron, Harry oh. interactions oh. has come from this book from Cho Chang. Okay, so to set this up, um, Harry has kissed Cho Chang in the DA room. Wait, wait, wait real quick. He's kissed Cho Chang, and then she's immediately broken then down. Then she immediately crying. starts crying. She immediately starts crying. And so if you think your first kiss oh was bad. Oh, my gosh. At least you didn't make the person <laughs> sob. Unless you did. But then don't feel bad, because Harry Potter did that, too. Um, so he... <laughs> DM us on Instagram and tell us if your first kiss was don't, worse than Harry don't. Potter's. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> this one made me sad enough. Okay. So Harry comes in and Hermione says, did you kiss? Asked Hermione briskly. 
Ron sat up so fast that he sent his ink bottle flying all over the rug. <laughs> Disregarding this completely, he stared avidly at Harry. Hermione's like, let's get out to business and yeah. talk about this. So then Harry... He also reads him like a book. Yes, yeah. which he's a 15-year-old boy. Most of the time, they are readable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Harry explains the kiss to them, and he tells Hermione that Cho starts crying. She says, don't you understand how Cho's feeling at the moment, she asked? No, said Harry and Ron together. <laughs> <laughs> Hermione sighed and laid down her quill. Well, obviously, she's feeling very sad because of Cedric dying. Then I expect she's feeling confused because she likes Cedric and now she likes Harry and she can't work out who she likes best. Then she'll be feeling guilty thinking it's an insult to Cedric's memory to be kissing Harry at all. And she'll be worrying about what everyone else might say about her if she starts going out with Harry. And she probably can't work out what her feelings toward Harry are anyway, because he was the one who was with Cedric when Cedric died. So that's all very mixed up and painful. Oh, and she's afraid she's going to be thrown off the Ravenclaw Quidditch team because she's been flying so badly. A slightly stunned silence greeted the end of this speech. Then Ron said, One person can't feel all that at once. They'd explode. Just because you've got the emotional range of a teaspoon doesn't mean we all have, said Hermione nastily. <laughs> <laughs> I probably I can't count loud. how I'm many times i have said that to somebody are you serious oh yes oh, mainly part of your oh it's just one of those quotes that sits in my head now it is so what resonated with you this time through um honestly i'm still kind of putting it together mm -hmm. we're like at the end of goblet of fire i was very aware of why it hit me mm -hmm. whereas this one I think what I where I was underlining things and marking them was Harry's anger comes back at the end. Yeah, um, and he's it's kind of interesting that you know if this book's like a loop, mm -hmm. he starts angry. On the yep. other side of that, you'd expect him to be like, "I've learned to master my I figured anger. it all out. I'm not ang he's angrier at mm -hmm. the end of this book after Sirius dies. When Dumbledore talks to him, he just screams at him, and then he says, uh, "I don't want to talk about how I feel." All right, he's talking to Dumbledore. Harry, suffering like this proves you are still a man. This pain is part of being human. Then I don't want to be human, Harry roared. And he seized one of the delicate silver instruments from the spindle-legged table beside him, and he flung it across the room. It shattered into a hundred tiny pieces against the wall. Several of the pictures let out yells of anger and fright, and the portrait of Armando Dippet said, Really? I don't care, Harry yelled at them, snatching up a lunoscope and throwing it into the fireplace. I've had enough. I've seen enough. I want out. I want it to end. I don't care anymore. I just find it interesting that Harry probably wants to throw away his greatest mm -hmm. gift here, which is the gift of existence. Mm -hmm. he says, I don't want it anymore. And I think if we're all being honest, like death can take you there. Mm -hmm. Where you're like, yeah, this is too much. Yeah. And I couldn't help but just feel like Dumbledore just sitting there taking these questions and getting yelled at. Harry's anger at the beginning bothered me. Mm -hmm. He was just an absolute turd yeah. to his aunt and uncle. And granted, they stunk. Right. But he was awful to yeah. them. Like yeah. he called them stupid to their faces. Yeah. Like at the end, his anger at Dumbledore didn't bother me that much. Well. And I, I understand that. And I huh. the I think if all of us were being honest, we've we've felt those things. Yeah. And I think I grew up in a world where it's like 
oh, you don't ever want to yell at God. Right, right. You know, you don't yeah. ever want to scream these questions at, mm-hmm. like, about existence, about life, about death. But the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, say them. <laughs> he's not threatened by no, those questions. No, well, and I think this about, this anger is like honest. It is. It is. And if you're not honest, eventually you're going to have to be, and it's going to come out worse. And I think yeah. um, I like Dumbledore so much in this, where he's like, "Sure, break my stuff. Yeah. Yell at me." Do it. Mm-hmm. You should yell at somebody. And because if you think about all that Harry has experienced and lost as a 15-year-old, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'd be, I'm surprised that he's not angry all the time. Yeah. You know, that he can get out of his anger and come back. But yeah, it talks about yelling at God. Dumbledore is not God. And he's right. Not, he's, he has some Christy moments mm-hmm. later in books, but he's never meant to be. Right, that. He's right. Not, he's not Aslan. He's not allegorical right. for God or Jesus, but um, he does kind of embody mm-hmm. the most spiritual character. But I also think it's interesting that Dumbledore made a mistake here. Mm-hmm. And he owns up to it because there's something you've talked about that Dumbledore not telling Harry things mm-hmm. and leaving him in the dark. And at this point, Dumbledore owns up to it. Yeah. Because the reality is he left a 15-year-old to fend for himself. Yeah. What do you think about that? Because it, it, we can look at it it's like, Harry, you should have known. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to practice occulimency, right. keep Voldemort out. He's going to use this against you. He's going to use your emotions against you, your savior complex against mm-hmm. you. Part of me goes, he's a 15-year-old right. boy. Right, right. And he has, the adults in his life have left him yes. to himself. Yeah. Well, and I think about um, when they get captured by Umbridge, um, Harry and Ron and Hermione and Mm -hmm. um, they get captured and they say to Snape, he's in the place where the thing is kept and they, he doesn't respond. And Harry, he's got Padfoot. He says, right. He's got Padfoot in the place where the thing is kept. And Harry, instead of thinking, Oh, maybe he's not reacting because Umbridge is here. And if he were to react, blah, blah, you know, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Harry just thinks, well, that was a waste of time. We've got to do this ourselves. And that shows Harry's immaturity. And he's still a kid. And you're right. All of the adults in Harry's life, you know, just left him on his own. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just doing the best he could and what he thought he was supposed to do because nobody was telling him anything. And Snape was acting like a child with his old grudge against Sirius. Yes. I guess I'd always thought of Dumbledore as kind of the Aslan-y character Mm -hmm. who's perfect. He's not. No, he's definitely not. You kind of helped me see that too with your earlier in episodes on the show talking about Dumbledore not telling Harry Mm -hmm. things. Like when should he have let him know? Rachel, we interviewed last week, said after four he should have told him everything. Mm -hmm. But even still, like, spoiler alert, I'm not going to give anything away, but there's more things he's not telling Mm -hmm. him. Um, But I think it's interesting here that he owns up and says like, yeah. I messed up. Yep. That blame lies with me and with me alone. Yeah. And later in the books, um, especially in chapter, I mean in chapter, in book seven, we learn that Dumbledore was a very flawed Mm -hmm. person, even more than we know now. Um, Just very flawed. But we can appreciate, and I think maybe it's what makes Harry respect and um, love Dumbledore all the more is that he is an adult who said, oh, yeah, I messed up. Yeah. And he says, youth cannot know how age thinks and feels, but old men are guilty if they forget what it is to be young. Mm-hmm. And I seem to have forgotten lately. 
that is relevant in every generation. Every generation. Because both generations just don't understand each other. Yeah. It's like we forget what it is. Like this book kind of reminded me what it felt like to be 15 in some ways. Right. But even I forget. Well, and as a parent, we can't remember completely what it's like to be five or six or starting kindergarten or those things. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to with my kids. Um, when I think about Harper starting school, I mean, she's clearly not that anxious, but there have been a few moments where she has, I'll say struggled mm -hmm. at home and I'm realizing, oh, she's about to walk through a huge change in her life. Mm -hmm. We talk about kindergarten, we pump up kindergarten, but she doesn't actually know what kindergarten is. I wonder if that's making her nervous and she yeah. doesn't really have the words to say. And it'd be easy for me as an adult to be like, quit acting out, blah, 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 you mm -hmm. know. But if I stop and say, hmm, I wonder as a kid, as a young kid, what it's like to walk into a brand new school, mm -hmm. you know, just the, I think the compassion between generations might be bigger if we yeah. just kind of stopped and said, I may not remember exactly what it was like to be five or 15 or yeah. 20, but I was. So let me like, yeah, let me walk with compassion. And I think that's one of the draws of these books, especially for adults is that she writes it so well that it, it is like remembering what it's like to be 11, mm -hmm. it's like to be 12, 13, 14, yep. 15. Like she just has a really good command yeah. of kind of the universal experience yep. of all of those does. kids, at least kind of in our culture. Yes. For like the first time going to school. That's right. Harry shows up at Hogwarts and knows nobody. Like, yeah. I even thought about that. Like, yep. I remember that felt the first time trying to make friends and yeah, first mm -hmm. time kissing a girl and yep. not having happen what you expect <laughs> yes. to happen. Yep. And, but you talked about compassion and understanding. I want to talk about Luna Lovegood mm. to finish off our conversation because I think the first time I read these, she was kind of annoying to mm -hmm. me. And when I found out that the two Enneagram fours in these books are. <laughs> Professor Trelawney mm -hmm. and Luna Lovegood. I was like, well, that's Ooh. great. <laughs> so pumped. <laughs> but this time around, I was like, Luna is my girl. Mm -hmm. I love her. And she probably has my favorite scene in this book. Because um, mm -hmm. at the end of the book, Harry has been in a daze for like three chapters. Mm -hmm. And there's that, that really sad conversation where he goes to nearly headless Nick. Yes. And is trying to find out if he can get serious yes. back. He's like hopeful. And then he sees those crushed. And then Luna comes around the corner. Mm -hmm. How come you're not at the feast? Harry asked. Well, I've lost most of my possessions, said Luna serenely. People take them and hide them, you know. But as it's the last night, I really don't need them back, so I've been putting up signs. <laughs> an odd feeling rose in Harry, an emotion quite different from the anger and grief that had filled him since serious death. It was a few moments before he realized he was feeling sorry for Luna. Luna asked him why he didn't go to the feast, and he said, just didn't feel like it. No, said Luna, observing, observing him with those oddly misty, protuberant eyes. I don't suppose you do. That man the Death Eaters killed was your godfather, wasn't he? Ginny told me. Harry nodded curtly, but found that for some reason, he did not mind talking to Luna about Sirius. He had just remembered that she too could see Thestrals. Hmm. Have you, he began, I mean, has anyone you've known died? Yes, said Luna simply, my mother. She was quite an extraordinary witch, you know, but she did like to experiment. One of her spells went rather badly wrong one day. I was nine. I'm sorry, Harry mumbled. Yeah, it was rather horrible. She walked away from him, and as he watched her go, he found that the terrible weight in his stomach seemed to have lessened slightly. Hmm. I just love that. Yeah. I think 
even thinking about like all the heavy emotions, all the feelings going back to Cho and Mm -hmm. all the things she's feeling and how Hermione understands and Harry's anger and no one understands to have this moment at the end of just, I understand. Yeah. I know how you feel. Yeah. And that helping Harry. Yeah. Even going like when Harry's like, I don't want to exist. I don't want to feel this stuff. And it's like, it's heavy. I can't even begin to explain like the fact that Luna knows this mm-hmm. and is able to sit with Harry and Harry knows I'm not alone. And he feels that tension mm-hmm. ease in a strange way. Harry goes from, I don't want to exist to kind of sharing in one of the greatest gifts of existence, mm-hmm. which is to get to look at somebody else and say, they know how I'm feeling. Yeah. They understand. They understand me and I understand them better. That scene. I just loved it. Mm. I loved it. Yeah. Luna is not a wasted character. No. (laughs) But it's the complexity of the emotion Mm -hmm. that makes it powerful. Yeah. I don't know. Like if it was just simple, like I'm sad because it's it's like there's so much. There are so many Mm -hmm. things Harry's carrying. I don't know. I can't even put words to it. I think that's why that's why it's in a story. Right. Right. You know, but that understanding, the compassion, the empathy, Mm -hmm. the commiserating and suffering and how that eases and lightens the burden for all of us. I just think that's so powerful. Yeah, me too. And that's why it's my favorite. <laughs> what a <laughs> ribbon to tie in this conversation. <sighs> well, we'll see if it holds up as your favorite as we journey on to the next book in the series, which is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I'm going to say that again, just in case your dog growling in the background was <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Sarah, can't wait to dive into that with you next time. That's Any right. final thoughts for our listeners? No. Well, (laughs) as always, everybody, be sure to support your local bookstore, and we will see you next time. Bye.